You're listening to LanguageCancer.com's football podcast. Welcome to the show, everybody. My name's Damon. I'm based in Tokyo, and this is the show for everyone who wants to improve their English and who's interested in the world's beautiful game, football. Now, on today's show, I'm going to be taking a look at one of the positions on the football pitch, the holding midfielder. Come along to our website and check out some of the past podcasts and main reports, and you can learn about other positions on the field of play. After that, Damien's going to bring us、uh, some English for football. And this week we have the phrase bullet header. And we're going to wrap up the show with a quick look at some predictions. And we've got the FA Cup fifth round in England and some cracking games in the last 16 in the UEFA Champions League. Stai ascoltando languagecaster.com. You are indeed listening to languagecaster.com. On this week's main report, we continue our look at the various positions on the pitch by focusing on a specialist midfielder called the holding midfielder. The holding midfielder has now become a fixture of most teams around the world, with some teams even using two holding midfielders. A holding midfielder's position has several names the screening role, The defensive midfielder, anchor, and sometimes destroyer. Whatever their name, the holding midfielder plays just in front of the defensive line in a central position, and their job is primarily to strengthen the defence by breaking up the opposition's attacks before they reach the back line. But the best can also act as a springboard for attack, using their position as the fulcrum of the team. To play the ball forward to the forwards and attacking midfielders. Below, we've chosen five of the best players in this position, past and present. For the past decade, people often call the defensive midfielder's role the Makaleli role, as he was seen as the classic example of a defensive midfielder. The high point of his career was at Real Madrid and Chelsea in the first decade of the 21st century. His intelligent positioning, strong tackling, and simple ball distribution allowed those in front of him to be confident they could take risks. His teammate at Real Madrid, Zidane, said when the Frenchman left Spain, Why put another layer of gold paint on the Bentley when you're losing the entire engine? Makaleli. Like all good holding midfielders, certainly was the engine of the team. Sergio Busquets, the Spanish and Barcelona player, is arguably the best holding midfielder playing today in probably the best team in the world over the last five years. He sits behind the creative midfielders like Hernandez and Iniesta, receiving the ball from them when they're put under pressure and playing quick, short balls to get the play moving again. His play is based on pressing the opposition and recycling the ball quickly when they make mistakes. He also knows how to slow the game down, often being accused of overreacting to fouls in order to break up the opposition's rhythm. Patrick Vieira. From the late 90s to 2005, Frenchman Patrick Vieira of Arsenal was probably the best holding midfielder in the Premier League. Unusually tall for this position, he was a rugged tackler 
and broke the mould of a traditional defensive midfielder because he was capable of barnstorming runs through the midfield into the opposition's half. Because of this, he was a box-to-box midfielder, more than a purely defensive one. Graeme Sooners The Scottish international was an invaluable member of the Liverpool side of the 1970s and 80s that was dominant in England and successful in Europe. A traditional hard man midfielder, Sooners was feared by opposition for his uncompromising tackling. His ability to intimidate the other team made his teammates raise their game. As well as his tackling, Sooners could pass the ball with great accuracy and also score goals. Skillful and hard as nails. Finally, Lothar Mateus. Perhaps occupying a position a bit further forward than a traditional holding midfielder, nevertheless, Mateus's roles included breaking up the opposition's attack, man-marking the opposing team's most potent threat, and threading balls through to the front line. One of the best players of all time, Maradona, described Mateus as the best rival he's ever faced after being neutralised in the 1986 World Cup final. The German was a leader and the complete package. Remember to come along to the site and you can check out our huge football glossary or you can follow us on Twitter at at LanguageCaster and uh, we'll be tweeting football phrases from our glossary throughout the week. Talking about football phrases, here's Damien. This week's English for football phrase is a bullet header. Of course, in football you can use any part of your body to control the ball, except your hands and arms. Normally players kick or head the ball. When we talk about kicking the ball, we use verbs like to pass, to shoot, to cross. And when we talk about using the head, we say to head the ball. We also use nouns such as a pass, a shot, a cross, and for the head, a header. So adding bullet to header means we're describing a powerful header that flies like a bullet from a gun towards the goal. A bullet header is often an unstoppable, accurate header that results in a goal. This week, Cristiano Ronaldo scored against Manchester United with a bullet header. A bullet header. Right, and we're going to wrap up today's show with a look at some predictions. Let's take a look at the overall score so far. Uh, I've got 99 points. Damien has 96. He's been creeping up on me recently. And our guests have 80. Now this week, our guest predictor is Bob, and he's a football fan from the United States. And we're going to kick off with some of the FA Cup fifth round games. Uh, these are, have been played over at the weekend, and we started with Oldham and Everton, and uh, all of us... Uh, myself, Damien, and our guest predictor Bob thought that Everton would win. However, Oldham have taken them uh, to another replay. The final score was 2-2. Well done, Oldham. Of course, they knocked out the other Merseyside team, Liverpool, in the previous round. 
Our other tie from the FA Cup fifth round was Manchester City against Leeds United. Uh, both Damien and myself thought that uh, Man City would win. Our guest Bob thought that there would be a shock and Leeds would pull off a victory. However, uh, Damien and myself were right. Manchester City won this game comfortably 4-0. I called it 2-1 and Damien thought it would be 2-0, but uh, the result was 4-0 to Manchester City. Now, last week in our podcast and main report, Damien took a look at the last 16 in the Champions League and we've got four of those games going to be played tonight and tomorrow. The first one is Porto against Malaga. Malaga are Damien's favourite team, but he thinks this one's going to be a draw 1-1. I think uh, Porto at home are going to win this one 1-0 and so does Bob. After that, we've got Arsenal taking on Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich looking very, very strong indeed in the domestic league and Arsenal looking pretty shaky in the Premier League. Um, I think it's going to be 2-0 to Bayern Munich. Damien agrees that Bayern are going to win. He thinks 2-1. Bob thinks it's going to be a draw, 0-0. Then we've got two giants of the European uh, game, AC Milan and Barcelona. I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Damien's going for a 1-0 Barcelona win and uh, Bob thinks it'll be 2-0 to Barcelona. And our final game is Galatasaray, packed full of recent additions and stars and they're going to take on Schalke who uh, have been in shaky form in the Bundesliga recently. I think uh, Galatasaray will win this 1-0. Damien agrees it'll be a Galatasaray win. He thinks 2-1. And Bob agrees with me, 1-0. Those are our predictions. What do you think? Come along to our site and leave us a comment or tweet or Facebook. Anyway, I hope your team does well and enjoy all the football this week and this weekend. Ta-ra!